I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to today's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. I'm Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group, and I'm pleased today to have Mark Manning with us today. Mark is from Murray, Kentucky. Well, not from Murray, Kentucky. He's a Mississippi boy like me, Mississippi State boy. Indeed I am. But been the economic developer in Murray, Kentucky for 10 or 15 years, which is a legend in this business. You Actually, you're underestimating. It's 19 years. Really? 19 years. I've just done a tremendous job in Murray, Kentucky, and, and one of the economic developers I absolutely have the most respect for in the country. So I'm so so glad he's here with us today. And Mark, I just want to start out by asking you, why do you really have interest in rural, small to mid-sized economic development? What, what makes you tick? It goes back, honestly, Chad, to my childhood, uh, my family. Uh, as you might can tell from my accent, I'm uh, proudly Southern. And I I grew up in Jackson, which I guess in some people's minds is a small town. To me, it was a big city. But my grandparents were all from places like Bolton and Edwards and Terry and still had farms. And I I just have always felt like rural communities uh, are getting the short end of the stick. And it's harder and harder for rural communities to survive much less prosper and that's what this country has been founded Mm -hmm. on family church high school football and and that's just who i am i've never wanted to work in a big city and uh, don't anticipate that i ever would and talk about some of the deals you've landed there in murray i know it's a long list but just so people can understand well i'll kind of start most recently and then try to work backwards a little bit Uh, right now we have a korean company uh, that's under construction it's a company called day ill and they make drivetrain parts gears things like that uh, for hyundai and kia and i think they're getting a contract with general motors and they've got a contract with tesla which i find kind of interesting Mm. and it's about three hundred thousand square feet uh, highly highly automated with Mm -hmm. uh, forging and grinding and things like that and uh it's uh we're we're very proud of it and then going backwards from there we have a german company named evis it's spelled like i-w-i-s but it's pronounced evis and they came into a building that we have a couple years ago Uh, they make timing systems Hmm. Uh, they do every bmw in the world Hmm. 
and they also now are doing General Motors. So we've had some success with, with foreign companies. Probably the biggest deal uh, in Murray was a long time ago when I first got there, uh, Mattel had their last plant in the U.S. was in Murray, Kentucky. Huge facility, 700,000 square feet of manufacturing and about eight or 900,000 square feet of uh, warehousing space. Mm-hmm. And they made these big plastic ride-on toys, the power wheels or whatever you call them. And they would make those things all year long and put them in mm. the warehouse. And then six weeks before Christmas, they'd <laughs> empty that warehouse. They decided that uh, they could do it cheaper in Mexico and China. So they decided to leave, and that was why I went to Murray in the first place. And we were very fortunate to get Pella windows in there. And they started out, a vinyl window plant was going to employ about 500 people. They were moving equipment in one end while Mattel was moving it out the other end. (laughs) It was really pretty cool. Mm. So then about two weeks later, Pella calls me up and says, yeah, you know, we got something we need to talk to you about. I thought, oh, gosh, here we go. But instead, they put a second manufacturing facility in wow. the building. So now they do lots of fiberglass windows there. And that was about 1,200 people. So that was probably mm. the biggest deal. Interesting, a Mississippi boy from Mississippi State could connect with these uh, foreign investment companies that you've been able to connect and, you with. You know, I, I just find that it's, uh, you know, some ways are different. In other ways, they're just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to be somewhere, A, where they're wanted. Mm-hmm. and B, where they're going to be treated right, and C, where they can make money. Right. Well, given the success you've had, if you were if you were giving advice to small communities, uh, what would be the most important starter for a community to realize before even working towards there's, success? There's one thing that every small community in America needs to understand. The federal government's not going to save you. The state government's not going to save you. Nobody is going to save you. You have to do it yourself. And once you come to that realization, you get your act together. And then, yes, you can call on other people to help you. You can call on people to guide you. Mm -hmm. But understand, everything in this country is very much slanted toward big urban developments. Mm -hmm. So if you want to save your community and have that quality of life, you just got to pull your pants legs up and strap on your boots and go. So if a community realizes that, and, you know, we want to do it ourselves, how would you advise them to get started once they know we're going to do it? How does that look to you? Each community is different. And in some communities, if you analyze it carefully, it may be that the highest and best purpose for your community might be a bedroom community. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. If you're 20, 25 miles from a larger city and you uh, can make it as a bedroom community and have nice housing and your schools are good and you got strong churches, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Other communities, it might mean more entrepreneurial type things, you know, getting somebody to reopen the cafe and things like that. And then in in other communities, uh, recruiting industry. Is, is a major part of it. But I think what you really need to do is you have to establish a good small core leadership group. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be everybody in town, and it needs to be people that can get things done. 
And then, quite frankly, they need to look for somebody that they can trust to come in and help them figure out where they are and where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And how have you been able to rise above competition? I mean, these projects you've won in Murray, you've had to compete with people. How do you handle competition, and how would you advise communities to, to, uh, to, 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 to beat, you know, embrace competition and win? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the first thing you do. You have to embrace the competition, and you want to compete hard. You want to compete ethically, uh, but you want to win. And to do that, what I have found is every company has a hot point. And for some companies, it might be labor. For another company, it might be utilities. For another company, it might be uh, something as silly as, as free land. You know, and people get hung up about giving away land. Not me, because I'll tell you, land is usually the smallest part mm-hmm. of the whole deal. Mm-hmm. We don't have trouble selling our community because Murray has an extremely high quality of life. We've got Murray State University. We've got good schools. We have low crime, all of those things. The challenge for us is getting the companies there to look in the first place. Once they come look, our success rate is probably 80%. But not being on an interstate, not being close to a major urban area, we have to fight you know, tooth and claw to get mm-hmm. the companies there to look in the first place. And I am certain with the success you've had, you've had opportunities to move to major urban areas. So obviously your heart's really in this. I, you know, I'm not one of these people. First of all, I, I don't know that you can really learn a community in less than five years, mm-hmm. okay? Secondly, when I see people moving around a whole lot, they're usually one of two things. They're either climbing a ladder very quickly or they're running from something and 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 most of the time they're running from something so if i'm in a community and i know all the players and i can get things done by calling on people i i just don't see any great reason to to run to a bigger city if you were a small town mayor or economic development board member thinking of 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 starting a program or getting your act together in economic development would how, how would you feel about hiring a consultant or finding mentors or, or folks that can help guide you? I think you have to. You have to have a mentor, especially if you've either not done it or if you've done it wrong for many years. Mm-hmm. And, and I see both kinds of communities. Uh, you see some communities that are like a blank sheet of paper. I think that's fabulous because you don't have to go in and make the mistakes that everybody else has made Mm -hmm. but you got to have somebody help guide you through that you know and then i see other communities that make the same mistakes over and over and over and i'm not going to say which one i'm talking Mm -hmm. about but you know who i'm talking Mm -hmm. about and it's like they're their own worst enemies what we do is is not rocket science but it, it, it is an art Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to pull together the right people to do the right things. And then when you have the product, you'll find somebody who wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. And in, in, at what point do you think a, a community ought to hire a full-time economic development person? Oh, wow. Uh, not only at what point should they, but what kind of person should they? First of all, if you just don't have enough money to do anything but pay somebody a, a little salary and, mm-hmm. and then there's nothing left over to do any kind of product development, don't hire anybody. You, you know, that's when you might want to bring in 
uh, a firm that that deals with small towns and and maybe two or three towns get together and Mm -hmm. share resources to do something Uh, but if you can't afford it don't do it and then if you are in a position where you have a steady stream of income and you can afford to do it be very very careful about how how you hire someone and who you hire because you know a bad salesman can't sell diamonds <laughs> and a good salesman can't sell coal <laughs> so you have to find some right. somebody that can come in and and understand what you've really got not feed you a line about how you know I've got 40 prospects and so forth and so on get somebody that you trust mm-hmm. and and then build a relationship with them and uh, I got one last question I got to ask you. I can't let you out of here. So Mark's a Mississippi State guy like I am. And our baseball team's heating up off to a good start. Our basketball team looks like going to make the NCAA tournament. So how does it feel to be a Mississippi State fan now compared to 30 years ago or 20 years ago? <laughs> well, I'm convinced that God created Mississippi State to cause me misery. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have been up to the mountaintop and fallen down to the gutter with Mississippi State many times, but I love them. Uh, I think we've got a basketball team, but, you know, one game we do and one game we don't. I love their baseball, and you and I are going to have to get up there real soon for a weekend. Yeah, I hear the new stadium's really nice, and they've started like five and one or six and one or something. Yeah, I hate that left field lounge is gone, but, you know, you do what you got to do. Well, I could talk to you about this all day. Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you that I didn't? Not really. I I do want to say one thing I think is real important, though, is I am really thrilled – to see your group doing conferences like you're doing the 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 lineup the schedule is so much better than most anything i've seen and you know people like me i'm not going to a conference just to have a good meal and a good Mm -hmm. time we want to learn and this is an opportunity to do that and uh i appreciate what you're doing and i appreciate what y'all are doing with small towns thank you very much for being with us mark i appreciate it I want to thank the University of Southern Mississippi's Masters of Economic Development Program for sponsoring today's podcast. We work with Southern Miss a lot, and they do tremendous research for us, whether we're working with a site selection project that we need Southern Miss's help to understand labor and the market around that area, transportation they do a lot of research in, or uh, whether we need talent from University of Southern Mississippi. We have hired uh, their students to actually work for us as both interns and full-time employees. So you can get a master's degree in economic development for the university and they have two options to do that one is mostly an online option where you go in a few weekends and one is a more traditional classroom option so whether you're running an organization and need talent or whether you're running an organization and need research you should really consider university of southern mississippi's masters of economic development program A special thank you to Younger Associates for recording, editing, and publishing this podcast for us. I encourage you to visit their website at younger-associates.com.